people are trying to understand um, our culture and uh, our success. Uh, we have something that none of the other Pan-African operators have. The regional founders of this business 20 years ago are still together today. No other Pan-African operator has that. Greetings and welcome to this episode of What's Next. My name is Aki Anastasiu and I'm just privileged. I'm so excited because this is a company that I've been following over the many, many years, but they celebrate an incredible milestone, 20 years, and I'm talking about the Paratus Group. And uh, we have got the uh, founding members and directors here with us today. We've got Paratus Group CEO, Skalki Rasmus, who's joining us. Rolf Mendelssohn is the CTO. And Barney Haramsa, who is the chairman of the group. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing? Thank you. We're doing great. Listen, <laughs> it's an amazing milestone. Now, I want you to take me back 20 years back. Whose idea was this? How, how was Paratus born 20 years ago? Yes, yeah, so we started 20 years ago, um, actually in February uh, 2003, walking the streets of, uh, of Angola. And then uh, we just grew from there. Um, in December 2004, we started in Namibia. In um, 2010, we started from scratch uh, in Zambia. One of our anchor um, clients, which is a major financial services institution, invited us to Zambia to assist them with their network. And then in 2014, we did our first um, acquisition. We bought uh, Vox Telecom in Namibia and integrated them into the Paratus Group. In 2015, we acquired a company in South Africa called Maxwell, which uh, we today is Paratus South Africa, focused um, on the VSAT services segment within South Africa and then across uh, Sub-Saharan Africa. We're actually providing satellite services in um, more than 35 countries. 2016, we started in uh, Botswana, Paratus Botswana. 2017, we started in um, Mozambique, Paratus Mozambique. And now most recently in uh, 2022, we've uh, ventured into the DRC. Wow, that's quite impressive. But I mean, I mean, we need to look at it and put things into perspective, right? 20 years ago, there was nothing. There was- uh, Let's go back a little bit. A little bit further so be, back. So be, before, 20, be, before 20 years ago, right? we were all involved with a company called UUNET. Okay. I don't know if you remember UUNET, yes, yes. Yeah, back in the day. Oh, we're giving our edge away. Hey? Yeah, so, <laughs> so in one way or the other, we, we either worked for UUNET or involved in partnerships with UUNET. Yes. And then we realized that there's a, there's a market outside there, outside South Africa and outside Namibia. Yes. And the first country we decided to tackle or to go and venture was Angola. You guys were brave. So I knew Rolf back in the day when he was still at school. I knew Skalk when he was still at school in environment. In, in both examples, the relationships, he's, um, he's almost 30 years old. That's amazing. That, that we've been together or that we've known each other. But I mean, 20 years ago, there was just one undersea cable, if I'm not mistaken. It was Sat1. There was... Uh, Sat3 as well. It was Sat3 around... Uh, Sat3 was around as well, absolutely. Uh, there was just... There was ADSL was, you know, in the, in the beginning. Right, and, and there was 56K modems. 56K, I think 28K, mm -hmm. and in your case, you, with your age, giving your age away, you would probably go to 13. I, I, I come from a 9.6K 9 9 environment. 9.6K, yeah. okay. Two copper wires and a projector <laughs> modem. But, but, but listen, there was nothing then, eh? You know, I mean, you, you, you talk about Angola, you talk even about South Africa. It was dial-up, it was copper. You guys came up in, with a completely different way of looking at connectivity. Remember, we all come from a background and from an era where we were involved yes. in actually building dial-up ISPs. 
the uh, and, and and lease line uh, connectivity. Um, you know, talking about 9.6 or 6 or 56 yeah. skateboard. So we come from that environment where we actually in the beginning phases of internet. Uh, if you're talking uh, mid 90s. That's right. And then you know we we went on and we evolved with the industry. So we were the first to deploy WiMAX in Angola and just soon thereafter in Namibia. This was back in 2005, 2006. Now you need to refresh people's memories <laughs> about WiMAX because I remember that it was, it was a technology that was invented by Intel, if I'm not mistaken. And there was so much promise because the, the, the actual chip sat on the actual board of the computer, right? That's correct, but you also had CPEs. That's right. uh, so we deployed the outdoor CPEs um, and it evolved, evolved thereafter. So yes, we, we deployed that and then we rolled out our first uh, satellite dish as well uh, in Namibia and Angola. We built our teleport. Uh, so then we started venturing into the satellite business. Okay. Uh, in 2010, we formed a company called Satspace Africa, which was part of the group. Um, and we started deploying services throughout Africa. That's okay. amazing. So you guys identified a real niche in the market. There were organizations and corporates who had businesses all over the place that needed connectivity and there was no copper going to those particular places, right? Correct. So, I mean, Aki, um, in some of the countries that we were operating in, I mean, uh, as Kalk was mentioning, within Angola and certainly in Zambia as well, there was very little uh, legacy infrastructure in place to begin with. Yes. So there wasn't much copper um, available and where it was available, it was very patchy. Um, and unreliable, so we needed to um, utilize other technologies. So we started with uh, our first um, satellite hub uh, out of, based out of rugby in the UK. Yes. And that was in um, 2009. Our own satellite hub uh, was on a satellite called uh, Telstar 11N, and we still use Telstar 11N today. It's still up there, eh? It's still up there. Um, a terrific satellite uh, and a good partner of ours. We started uh, providing services within Angola and then elsewhere. We had to build infrastructure where there wasn't infrastructure yeah. available. And that's a, it's actually quite an amazing story if you think about it, that um, you know, in the middle of nowhere you were able to deploy internet services. I mean, what kind of speeds were you guys getting at the time? So the, the teleports were capable of running STM1, so 155 megabits per second. But mainly VSAT was always a connect, connectivity option for, for smaller businesses that require uh, internet access. Uh, yeah. So you guys have really been pushing the edge of not only innovation but really bringing internet uh, to, to places for the first time. I mean you look back at Angola back in the day there, there, there probably wasn't any internet connectivity, hardly any. There was minimal amount. Uh, you guys come in, you're bringing internet connectivity and it impacts the economy, it just gets businesses going. I mean the impact that you've had on business and the economy of these countries has been absolutely phenomenal, right? But I'm amazed at how you guys have always been at the forefront of innovation. Whenever there was something new, you were there. You were just pushing the boundaries, new satellites, new connectivity. It's, it's an, an amazing success story. In 2006, we deployed MPLS in Namibia and we ran a proof of concept to... What is MPLS? Multi-protocol label switching. It's a protocol... Of course we knew that. How can you forget that? Sorry, my apologies. To provide services to financial institutions like the bank. Yes. Um, and we were the first to, to test MPLS in Namibia before it was even deployed in South Africa. Commercial MPLS in South Africa is as a result of testing, three months of testing that placed in Namibia first. 
Wow. Before it was rolled out commercially in South Africa, for sure. With the so, leading bank. So really, the, the, the banks were, were, were with you on this journey. I At mean, the forefront. If you think yes. about it, without the banks, uh, you know, you had a great partnership with them to develop these technologies. Yes. And you also need to keep, you know, going and growing with technologies. You know, like SD-WAN that came, came in later, um, satellite, I mean, the likes of low orbit. So that it is, you have to adapt. Yeah. And... Your expansion, you mentioned Angola, there's DRC, there's the Congo. Who identified these markets and said, listen, there's potential here? Obviously, there was no internet connectivity there. Building on your successes that you've had in Namibia and Angola, for example, then you say, okay, there's a market, there's a market, there's a market, right? Okay, um, whether we entered those markets late or, or, or right at the beginning when, when there was less infrastructure, uh, what makes us different is even if we joined the race um, late in that country, uh, although we identified it, say, 10 years ago as a potential market, when we go in there, we make a difference with the fact that we, 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 put, in, we put in our money, we, put, we invest in infrastructure, uh, we set up the products, uh, we deliver a good service, and we start running ahead. About eight years ago, everybody said that satellite was dead. Yes, you they did. They, it, well, eight, nine years the, ago. The fiber, the undersea cables uh, came and everybody fiber thought... Fiber was ah, the new thing, remember? Fiber was a new thing. Uh -huh. Satellite's going to become redundant. Uh, we were one of the few satellite operators at that stage that said, no, let's reinvest. And we, we, we managed to, be, to grow to, I, I don't know, perhaps the second biggest VSAT operator in Africa, outside South Africa. That's impressive. How many satellites do you guys utilize? We're using about... Um, 12 to 13 different satellites. Wow, that's impressive. And th so, so, so that means that there's lots of redundancy uh, across your products, right? We do redundancy both in terms of having different teleports. So we've got a large teleport in Angola and in South Africa. And we also have teleport facilities in the UK, in Namibia and in Botswana. Yes. Um, servicing different uh, types of satellites. Um, in Botswana, it's actually for... Um, another constellation, so it's not uh, geostationary communications. And um, then also different, different antennas, different beams and different satellites. We had a um, catastrophic failure on the um, 11th of November 2015 at 4.44, GMT plus one. Gee, you, um, you remember the exact time and the exact We know exactly day. where we were. What happened, guys? Uh, Amos, uh, Amos 5, it was an Israeli satellite. And they had a, it was actually built on a, a Yamal bus, which um, is a, let's call it a um, less popular and less successful bus um, from a, a Russian company, of which there'd been four that had been put into production. And I think uh, at the time, two out of the four had flopped. And that would now be the third one out of the fourth that had flopped. There were three power units um, which provided um, power to the satellite. One of them was already diagnosed as faulty. After that, um, they released a, a press release saying that it didn't impact on the lifespan of the satellite, which of course uh, was far from the truth. And um, subsequent to that, the, another power unit went faulty and it required two to work. So we had 700 terminals, about half of which were in Angola and about half of which were elsewhere in Africa, live and active on that satellite, both in, in C-band and in KU-band. Until 4.44. Until 4.44. Saturday morning. Uh, and then we needed to devise a plan to recover all those services for our clients 
um, in November and in December, which is obviously the rainy season as well as Christmas time, yeah. and um, to recover their, their services. So How did we, you guys do that? We immediately started um, calling some of our other satellite operators to secure additional uh, space segment, additional capacity on alternative satellites. Uh, we sent our technicians and our partners uh, in their buckies to go as far as possible, as quickly as possible, and then start to work their way back from there. So you guys have just been innovating, and I mean, you learned from that lesson, you probably got a lot more redundancy. That If, if something like that had happened today, the customers would probably not even notice it, right? The, um, the magnitude of the disruption would be entirely different, yes. uh, Aki. Um, so now we've, we've put in place additional redundancy to actually split the customers across different satellites and also to split regions across different satellites so that in the event of a satellite failure, which doesn't happen often but does happen, as we've learned uh, the hard way, um, only half of the services are affected okay. and then we can recover much, uh, much more rapidly. So that's an interesting introduction to the first 20 years of the Paratus Group. So, so when you look back at the Paratus Group, uh, you guys have had your ups and downs, you've had challenges with technology, but you've always been innovative. And this is the secret to the growth that you've had. What's the next phase coming for you guys? Where, where do you see Paratus Group going for the next 20 years? The plan obviously is to expand more into Africa. Right now we're pro providing product and service in 30, more than 35 countries, of which seven countries we're already permanently based. That means we've got an office, we are fully licensed, we've got a presence, we are operational. We want to continue expanding more north, cover more countries, yes. and build more infrastructure. Uh, I think what, what is also particularly interesting about the Baratas Group is that we, uh, we're very diverse in the, in the countries in which we operate. As he mentioned, Angola, Botswana, DRC, Mozambique, Namibia, South Africa, and Zambia. So, um, you know, you're looking at uh, three different languages that we're operating in. And then also you have uh, different currencies. And then also um, the different mix of technologies, um, fiber, wireless, and satellite, as well as data center and cloud services that we provide. And I think how we, we manage to, um, to cope with all the challenges and um, the variety of circumstances in which we operate is by having a strong team um, of dedicated people in country. So, you know, we've got excellent, um, service, excellent eh? staff and um, we're there, you know, we're on the ground. So we're not yeah. based out of London or we're not based out of Johannesburg. Yes, exactly. We are in country, in any of the countries, you can come and visit our offices and you can come and visit our facilities and we'd be proud to, to show you around. So bank, banking and retail must be your biggest customers at the moment. Because you're not you're not really let's selling say, you're say. not really selling services to you know uh, consumers, for example. Uh, Although it's the prices have become so affordable that consumers can afford. We to do use. we do operate in a in a consumer space a bit uh, in, in one or two countries. Yeah. But like you said, enterprise is our key focus. Yeah. So we also provide services like mobile data in Namibia to the consumers. Um, so we've got we've got a, like a triple play. So we provide fiber, mm. satellite. Um, and even mobile data, okay. uh, LTE. So okay. over, the, over the last 20 years, we've, we've transformed from being an internet service provider oh, to becoming a telecommunication provider. And now we're transforming into what we call a digital service yeah. provider. You guys have got a very tight company culture. Yeah, you know, yes, you work hard. Yes, you innovate. But yes, you close friends as well. And I see your company as well. Uh, just looking at the, the staff at the conference and how they 
integrate into the company. The company culture that you have at Paratus is amazing. Uh, uh, thank you, Aki. Um, yes, we do. We've got a, a unique company culture, and I think to sum it up um, in short, work hard, play hard, sleep when you're dead. And um, then just to expand on what you were saying, you know, we also work a lot with wholesalers and also with hyperscalers. So we've recently landed the Equianu cable. So we, we landed that in Swakopmund and constructed the, uh, the CLS, the cable landing sp um, station, according to their specifications. And uh, we also welcome them into our data center, our state-of-the-art uh, Armada DC4 in, um, in Wintuk. And we're also working with some of the other hyperscalers elsewhere. Uh, in Angola, we're building a, a satellite earth station for OneWeb. I think you guys may be aware of that. We have seen that in the press yes, as well. Yes. We've been working with um, some of the other hyperscalers in, in Zambia, um, in South Africa. And, um, you know, they put our trust, uh, they put their trust in us. And also some of the largest operators on the continent, uh, you know, the likes of, uh, of MTN, Vodacom. Yeah, you're literally transforming economies. Uh, that's, that's a reality, if you think about it, that as soon as there's a connectivity of any kind, uh, you know, this is the future, data centers, of course. Um, you know, you, you know we, we, can, we can talk about this for, for hours and hours and hours, uh, telemedicine, for example, and the benefits to society and the internet services that people can have in country smart cities and all of these kind of things, those are transformative things for cities and countries. Um, and, and you guys are playing a very important role in that transformation, which is, which is amazing. You started off as a network provider, and now you've got like a, a 360 degree network services provider. So you're literally offering everything to the customer who wants the connectivity, you talk about data centers, et cetera, et cetera, right? That's correct. And cloud services. Okay. Go, go through all the services that Paratus offers right now. If I had to come to you guys uh, for various services, what, what do you offer at the moment? So what we found is a lot of the services are highly complementary. Yes. So we started off providing uh, connectivity, uh, internet uh, and uh, MPLS network connectivity over fiber, uh, wireless and satellite. And then uh, we, we saw that there was a need um, for um, in financial institutions and other institutions to host their data. So we started building data centers. And then we saw that there was a need for them to host their services within those data centers. So that's when we, we uh, went into providing cloud services. So what we've done quite actively during the COVID times, yes. we constructed a lot of fiber in the streets to provide fiber to the home. Um, everyone was working from home. So our, our shift immediately moved to, to home users to ensure they've got connectivity, you know, of the likes of SkyFi is one of the products in Namibia we've launched. So a lot of focus went, went onto the consumer, um, building packages, you know, to make them work better from home. Um, and that, that has really excelled us in, in so certain markets. And we've also recently, um, you know, provided in the press, provided services um, through Starlink as, as being an authorized uh, reseller. People are trying to understand um, our culture and uh, our success across Africa. Uh, we have something that none of the other Pan-African operators have. The regional founders of this business 20 years ago are still together today. No other Pan-African operator has that. Gentlemen, you know, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed talking to you guys. Uh, it's, it's an amazing success story. Parata celebrating 20 years. 
And, um, and it sounds like you guys are going to grow from strength to strength. There's lots of innovation in the pipeline. There's lots of uh, different projects that you're working on. Congratulations once again, and may you guys grow from strength to strength. Thank, thank you for joining us for the interview. Thank you. Aki, thank you very much.